It's Chase and Josh back again with Factor Fantasy. That's Chase. I'm Josh, and we're here to give you the final episode in Season 3 of The Witcher here today. That is Episode 8. I took us through the desert episode last week in Episode 7. Uh, really, really fun and exciting one, right? Uh, Chase is actually going to close us out here today with Season 3 of The Witcher. And obviously next week we've got a fun bonus episode for you guys that we do at the end of all of our big arcs. So some fun stuff to look forward to then. But before that day comes, I'm going to turn the floor to Chase to say a few words and then we'll get started. As we go on, (laughs) we remember all the times we had together. That's what I will say. This is Henry's. Final ride, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get a applause for Henry. It's been a yeah. I think this is it. <laughs> but yeah, man. Let's let's get a malice in the chalice. This is episode eight of the Witcher recap, and man, uh, thank you, Henry Cavill, for just all you fucking done for us for the past three seasons, man. Yeah, for sure. Put this this ball in the air and. Uh... You know, it's it's interesting too, because you know, I was telling Chase the other day about this. But you know, for those who are gonna see some videos here and there that may be posted throughout some of our pages, there is a new manufacturer out for a mead, and it's called Crafted. They have this great mead that's called Dragonheart. It's an artisan meadery. It's apple mead with cherry and raspberry and it's got a fall like flavor to it and from what i heard the the manufacturers and distributors they were inspired the creators of crafted were inspired by pokemon and the label is actually holographic very similar to the old pokemon cards where if you turn it in certain lights it shines and it's really really cool it's got a dragon breathing fire on a heart in its its open claws and it just looks badass man it's right up our alley here at factor fantasy so yeah, man, let's raise these dope-ass bottles of the sky and give Henry Cavill a final send-off for The Witcher. Cheers, brother. Off to the pit of misery with you. Okay, man, let's do it justice. Henry's final ride. You got it, dude. All right, I'll let you. I'll, tell, I'll turn it over to you and let you take us away. Yeah, man, so we start off our final episode of this season. Uh, Geralt, you know, he's still recovering from his fight with Vilgefortz in the forest, He's beat to hell and back, as we talked about last episode that Jay Nelly took us through. So, um, you know, he's broke his back, his legs, like, broken. Um, I thought he was going to die. What do you think? I, I thought it was, he might die here. Thought it could have worked for the uh, whole difference that we're going to see next season, if we get it next season. I thought that there's some ways we could have gone about it, and that was definitely on my radar, but, uh, you know, I'll let you... Let you continue on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, but of course, you know, he gets informed, like we were talking last episode, Jay Nelly told us, you know, he's informed Siri's been taken. And, uh, you know, Geralt, that's not stopping Geralt. Like, he's beat to hell and back, and he, like, gets a crutch. And he's trying to, like, go off on his own and still pursue, uh, you know, pursue Siri to go get her. And, you know, he's so beaten. He just collapses, and uh, then we go over to Yennefer, and she's continuing her search for Ciri, and uh, tells the group she's with, uh, she's with the mages, says that they're taking Ciri to Amir, 
and uh, Yennefer, Tissaia, Philippa, Triss, and the other mages eventually arrive at the castle, you know, teleporting again. The castle Geralt went to, where we originally saw Taryn and that big monster that was there. And that Silent Hill monster is, like, decapitated on the floor where Geralt kicked his ass. And it turns into the girls that were kidnapped. So, full circle moment there. And, uh... Uh, Tissaia uh, says in order to reverse the spell at the castle it will take all of them so they all get together chant the elvish and uh, with this big spell they wind up reversing the spell uh, and it turns into the girls that were kidnapped but Tissaia argues that Philippa shouldn't be trusted um, just like Dijkstra um, you know and how so Tissaia is arguing with Philippa that Dijkstra shouldn't be trusted and how she trusted Vilgaforce and you know that really kind of broke her like that kind of really broke her trust and you almost kind of wonder if she would regress in a bit and foreshadowing on that (laughs) definitely so then Yen says that they will return the bodies to Eratusa and then they will fight and um, Frangilla and Francesca well what's real crazy about this too is that these mages are ready to just leave these girls in that weird state and it was Triss it's like no do we can't leave these girls here yeah that was under our nose that they were captured they were taken away from us we didn't do our jobs protecting them we're not just about to leave them here in this fucked up state so after they did the magic and put the heads back on the bodies they took them to Eratusa and there's another thing I want to mention too is like they're bringing this new character over in Brooklyn into the fray here the name's Milva and she's the archer and, you know, she's been giving yeah. Geralt a hard time, like, during his recovery. And, you know, he was walking on crutches. Like, yeah, stuff was breaking out or, like, you know, breaking down on him. And she's just kind of telling him, like, well, dude, would you just listen to us and get better? You're not going to be able to do anything, you know. And we're going to figure out who this character is and, and the role she plays later on. But definitely want to make mention of her there, too. So, yeah, man, I'll, I'll cut back to you there when you're talking about them returning to Eratusa. Yeah, great point. So uh, now we're kind of cutting over to Frangilla and Francesca at this point, and they're arriving over to Nilfgaard to see Amir. And Frangilla offers to serve Amir, surprising on this, as the governor with Francesca by her side. And Amir accepts the proposal, but then tells Francesca that I always call him the Scottle. <laughs> How do you pronounce him in the elves? Yeah, the elven warriors are called the Scoidal. The Scoidal, yeah are going to be led by him though and will stay with him so basically she's just going to become like the lead of pretty much nobody like he says like the sick the old and the poor like it was pretty much a slap in francesca's face at that point yeah so like, basically i'm gonna take your men yeah to that point too sorry to interrupt you is that all the fighting men that he's just going to use in in, in in like a disposable way you know not he doesn't anticipate them making it through the war but they're a strong fighting force that he's going to utilize for his ends and doesn't care that the elven population is already super low that it takes forever for them to create a child remember the child that they did have you know we're going to find out who was responsible for that here in not too long and so he just i don't know if amir himself has something against the elves or just they're just a pawn that he's using but man he's really fucking them over you know he's like yeah okay go ahead and rule the the children, the elderly, the sick, the poor. Yeah, go ahead. But, you know, there barely are no children. Yeah, I don't think there's any child right now. And the ones that they do have, they're, and they're not going to be, like, the fighting and the able. They're on their way out anyways. The sick, the dying, the poor, the, the broken down, trotted, all that stuff. So, 
Yeah, Amir's kind of a dick to sum that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. It kind of makes me think, too. You know, they've talked about it all through this series. Like, the elves have pretty much been shit on in this entire world for the entire time. But, um, dude, and so now, do yeah, that. Sorry. Yeah, you're good, man. And to that point of like the elves being shit on this entire series and what we talked about last week, you know, this really could be. Yeah, almost the you know how the Starks had their time at the end, uh, their time to shine in the Game of Thrones at the end. You know this could be leading, leading somewhere with uh, with our girl Cirilla. So I, that's all I'll say on that, man. But uh, to your, yeah, I just want to make a note of your point that man, they've been shit on since we started this series and before. I mean, they've been using us. They've been used as slaves. They've been killed. They've been butchered. They've been almost ran off the continent. And now this shit too. They you know Amir's cool with taking what's little that remains to them the, the strong ones and using them to just die in this <laughs> war so you know hopefully we may see uh a rise a rising again of, of the elves with one of our uh, main characters but that's all i'll say to that and i'll, I'll let you uh, continue on excellent point man yeah it's it's fucked up <laughs> definitely the opposite of elves and lord of the rings it's a interesting perspective it's literally the opposite caste system <laughs> there um, so now Dijkstra, he's telling the king that Nilfgaard has taken more towns and people are searching for Radovid, and Vizimir is pissed, and he's blaming him for these past events and tells him he is sorry, but someone has to pay for these events that happened, and he knows how much he likes Philippa. So big point there, and now we're back to Geralt. He's beginning to try to turn, return to form a little bit. He's working his ass off here. And interesting point. I want to bring this up because they mentioned this in passing, especially when Yin and Taseya and the mages were together. I thought it had been like, you know, at least weeks because like Siri was in the desert and stuff. Apparently it's been like three days. Did you catch that? It's been like three days or some shit. Yeah, it hasn't been long because even later in the episode, the mages were talking about Eratuza that it's been a week. Like, oh, I can't believe all this has happened in a week. So at this yeah, point, right, it. by this point right here, though, yeah, I think it's three days to where we're at right now in this episode. But then as the days kind of pass, uh, you know, later on in this episode, I, I do remember, I believe it was Yennefer said, all, oh, it's crazy all this happened in like a week. So, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... Amazing he's recovered, but also at the point of, like, we're crossing maps within a week time. Anyways, that's a whole nother point. But, so, uh, Geralt's beginning to return to form, and as he's beginning to walk off again, of course, he collapses again because he's not in the condition. And, and Melva uh, tells Geralt about the people that hurt her and hands Geralt... Uh, the Golden Hilt, which this is a full circle moment. I'll let you take this moment because you talked about this in the past, and this is a big moment for you. So I'm going to let you take this moment here. Yeah, that's the talisman that he took from Renfri's dagger or sword back in episode one where he was forced to kill her. And it's meant a lot to him because he carries it as a reminder of that day, what he had to do, even though he didn't want to do it, his duty like that he had to fulfill was to to rid the continent uh, of someone who had the power like Renfri to, to cause some issues and even though they had a connection he still was more of a witcher than he was a person at that point in time and he made the decision and he's carried that with him ever since and so that's why Triss left the talisman 
last episode that we covered last week and you know Milva here is giving it back to him here today and you know there's some big stuff with that that we're going to talk about here in not too long yeah and a great point there as he's like flashing back in that moment you just described he even says you know this this hilt this medallion right it reminds him of somebody killed referring to Renfrey so, and Geralt says, I've always tried to find a way to stay above the fray, and life has always find a way to force my hand. Whatever they did to you, I hope they pay, is what he tells Melva. And Melva says, like the world works that way. So just another point, like it, it really goes to show, thinking about Geralt and how he always looks at from kind of the outside perspective. like. Let's even bring up the point of, remember when he told Siri, Cirilla, like all she wanted to really be called was like beautiful. And he's like, you need to change your dress. He really does think about like, you know, the world's not going to tell you your dress is beautiful. The world's going to try to kidnap you. <laughs> like that's the way he thinks. Like he always kind of thinks because of these moments, uh, just kind of like Melva does, you know, the world's against you. Like you don't expect the best in people, which is a kind of interesting take on things. Uh, so now we're back with the mages, and Tissaia continues to doubt her decisions because of her conflict with Vilgefortz, you know, and of the relationship they had. And Yen confronts her and tells her that they need her. And the mages we, with Yen begin to have a funeral for the girls that were kidnapped. And Tissaia writes a letter to Yen. Before, Tissaia, yeah, before yeah. you read this letter uh, that you're about to go into with Tissaia here, this is a good point that you talked about Yennefer saying that they needed to say it. She was forceful. She's like, dude, stop fucking feeling sorry for yourself. Like, at the end of the day, in my mind here, as I'm thinking about it, let's say the roles reversed and to, and Yennefer was having this issue with Geralt because Geralt ran off and Yennefer felt broken. And to say it would not let that shit happen. To say it would be like, yo, get the fuck up and let's fucking go. And so now Yennefer's kind of taking that role and being like, to say it, stop feeling sorry for yourself. We got shit to do. Like, we, like our whole fucking tower and school and home just got destroyed. We got Vilgeforts out there that tricked you, who's powerful as shit. We're going to need your help here. Like, just get with it, man. Like, like stop. Like, cut the bullshit. We need you at full strength. We need you to be you. And then right afterwards, I'll go ahead and turn it right over to you. <laughs> Here we go, man. So Tissaia writes this letter, and she says, One of the first things we learned about chaos is that it always has consequences. There is a cost to this magic, and eventually we all must pay. It is not a gift. It is a trade. And after the trade, it leads us to dark places. But there are always bright spots. Teaching you has been the biggest bright spot of my life. And I would love to see you through the next leg of your journey. I know you will do great things, my daughter, but I'm afraid I cannot. There is a cost I must pay. Sometimes a flower is just a flower, and the best thing it can do for us is die. And Yin feels this alert of magic as she's at the funeral, like something's wrong. And she runs back. And Yin's or Yin is crying because she sees Tissaia is bled out on the floor and has killed herself. I want to stop here for this moment. What the fuck did you think of this? This definitely threw me off. It made no sense at all. One of the most powerful mages, someone who built up 
a character reputation and ability. The girl who, who conjured that lightning storm and really saved them from getting taken over by the Nilfgaard and the Scoidal there. She just goes out like that. She was so broken by the fact that this guy betrayed her. That all the other shit that she's been through in her life that she's overcome. She didn't even want to try to overcome this. She's like, oh, I fucked up. I'm like, she was the epitome of feeling sorry for herself and said, yep, this is the way I'm taking out. I'm not going to try to make up for what I did. I'm not going to try to stop the guy that screwed us all over. Nope, I'm just done. I'm, I'm checking out right here. Good luck, though, Yennefer. Hope you all really, you know, do well. And it was, I will say one cool thing is when she wrote the letter, I don't know if you paused it on it. But she wrote because of what she used to call Yennefer back in season one. She labeled it Piglet at the top, so like that was the yeah. name who she addressed that letter to. But yeah, to answer your question, what did I think of it? I thought it was stupid. I thought it was unnecessary. I thought it was a waste of a character development, a character arc. It made no sense at all, and I thought we could do a lot better than that. And that's what I thought about it. Literally, one of the most important characters goes out like that. Like, we're killing off our own people, <laughs> like, for what reason? But we'll get into that later. So, back to it at this point. So, Yin then teleports. I'm just kidding. She arrives in the forest and finds Geralt there where he's recovering from being, fighting Vilgeforce. And she tells Geralt that Tissay is gone. And Geralt, of course, tells Yen that Vilgefortz defeated him. And Geralt says, I will make Vilgefortz pay. And I don't care if he's an emperor. I will make Amir pay too. And then Yen casts a spell, an elder spell, to heal Geralt. So he gets healed faster. Now, Dijkstra, he's drinking and pulls out a knife underneath his cane and he keeps repeating to himself, you know, someone's going to pay a price that must be paid. And you're kind of thinking he's going to go up to Philippa at this point. And Philippa is going to pay the price, right? Or he's going to get the king. Something's going to happen. Well, Philippa goes to see the king and says she has a plan. Where Radovid goes to see the king to release him from his services because he wants to leave enticing i'm assuming to go find yaxir but to go leave is the idea because he kind of feels like he let yaxir down and then dijkstra arrives to see philippa and tries to convince her to kill him and then she says she has a plan to protect them both and a servant comes up behind vizimir cuts his throat from behind and vizimir is there you go yeah, um, and I also wanted to just point this out real quick. It was the same servant that killed Vizimir's wife. It was the same. She yeah. hired the same individual who she also has some level of a, a side romantic relationship with, too. I don't know who this person is. And also, I think I was wrong about something that I'll bring up to you in, in just a little bit here. But I'll let you kind of finish up what you were saying. All I just wanted to say that is this person that assassinated Vizimir's wife is the same person who assassinated Vizimir now and so we gotta figure out how like the relationship between these, these two people and what her role is going to be in, in the future of, of things if she's just a, a pawn that she's gonna play what if she turns on Philippa and Dijkstra what if she you know, had, doesn't want to take orders from them anymore like there's just so many cool things that can go into it now they're using the same assassin multiple times like this is like your hired hitman is she gonna be hired out to try to kill Geralt or Yennefer or whoever you know what I mean so 
just some things to think about on that now that we have seen this assassin assassin two very important characters twice the queen and the king of redania so i'll let you take it back excellent point so then as you know visimir is dead on the floor we cut over for just a moment over to frangilla and frangilla tells francesca that emir uh killed her child and he tried to set frangilla up and frangilla uh tells francesca that she used the lie as motivation and this is a big point because now francesca has negative emotions towards frangilla and francesca says emir does not know the meaning of suffering but he will and so will you so now we have a big conflict going on with them and now we're back over to dijkstra (laughs) yeah go for it (laughs) Yeah, and just to talk about this whole thing with Dijkstra, Philippa, and Vizimir, now that you know, I let you get to the point where Vizimir is dead on the ground, Vizimir did say something very interesting uh, about Philippa to where you might be right, and I think I might have been wrong about this, because he said something on like, uh, that shape-shifting something. He called her a shape-shifting something. I don't remember because I didn't write it down, but... That now I'm curious if the owl is in fact Philippa because he did specifically mention shape shifting something in reference to Philippa. So I just want to point that out. Something's with that there. That could be the owl. It could be Philippa. Could have been wrong on that one when uh, she flew in to save Dijkstra when he was about to get killed and then changed back into Philippa as we know her as an individual. So I don't know. That's not really specified. It's not really detailed. It's very possible, though, that Philippa is the owl and she's that shape that she shapeshifts into it. Because that's one thing that makes sense of why Vizmir would say you shapeshifting or you know, DX was talking to Dijkstra and, and calling Philippa a shapeshifting blah blah blah. So, anyways, just want to point that out there, and I'll let you continue on. That's a big point too, because you would think. That would be a lot more clear <laughs> during this series. At least you would see her like fucking shapeshift, and now we're just gonna mention it in passing, unless they're gonna use it more revealing later on. But great point. Yeah, I noticed that too. I just didn't even put it in my notes. I was like, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's a plot hole. <laughs> Maybe I'm onto something. Who knows? Yeah, dude. And and to that point, to that you mentioned with Francesca and Frangilla, Francesca was thinking about taking the deal. With Amir, that wasn't even an actual... It was a trick to begin with. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to take that deal. And Frangilla's like, dude, it was fake. Like, we made that up. Like, there's, there's, <laughs> She's like, well, it doesn't have to be fake. We can make this work. And that's when Frangilla got upset and really confessed everything to Francesca. But Francesca was ready to take a deal that wasn't really real because they weren't really planning on being emperor and side queen of the elves in the same spot because that didn't exist. They, they threw that whole shit together on the fly and she's like yeah i'm sticking with it Frenchel's like that's not real <laughs> and then they then she's like all right well if you want to go and take your side plan now i got some shit to tell you then she told her about the child told her about all that how they used it against her and now we got a big <laughs> conflict like you said but I'll, I'll turn it back over to you to continue on it was the typical thing where like if someone's holding in like family secrets in the family right and uh, there's like conflict going on, and you've held it in for years, and then you're like, "Fuck you, man! I fucked your girl or something." That's exactly what this shit is, man. Drama, 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 man. It's crazy shit. So uh, now we have Dijkstra, Philippa, and Radovid, 
watching Vizimir dead and Dijkstra tells Radovid that whoever did it will pay and then they start chanting for Radovid to become king so interesting plan here and that really fucks Radovid on top of that yeah, I'll let you take it away, Jay Nelly. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, I was just celebrating myself, guys. If you remember the very beginning of the season, I said Vizimir was not going to make it to the end. I said it very, very early on. It's like, yo, there's something about this guy. I don't think they're, I think he's going to get killed along the way. And it kind of happened very similarly to what I thought. I thought either Dijkstra or Philippa were going to get rid of him and, and put Radovid on the throne because Radovid... I just thought Radovid might have been more intellectual himself and not and he just playing dumb i thought that was the case but actually assuming that radovid's really not all like that and now he's more of a pawn that deeks and philbo can use and manipulate in, in different ways and a little bit less headstrong and irrational than vizmir was so now it was almost like going from joffrey to tommen if you think about it that way, Tommen's more like docile and you can kind of influence him a little bit easier where Vizimir is unpredictable. Like, yeah, that he took their advice a lot of times and half time he's like, all right, well, kill Philippa now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I had a feeling and, you know, we're going to celebrate Jay Nelly really quick. We got, we got that prediction in A1 from day one when it started season three. And that's all I want to say about that. And I'll let you continue on brother. Yeah, man. Props on that too. And uh, you know, that's the thing about, this season it has twists and turns like this that i'm like wow that's really interesting that's a really cool thing and to the point here of like you know radovid was about to leave and talk about really fucking him over so like who knows how he's gonna handle the situation so great call jay nelly man cheers brother that's badass if i may make another prediction here folks if this series continues on in the season form beyond I believe that Philippa and Dijkstra are going to regret putting Radovid on the throne because I think Radovid is, has unresolved feelings with the Askir and he may be more inclined to help his the Askir side of things with Geralt and all them because of how he feels bad about what he did and how he felt he was wrong. But Philippa and Dijkstra don't know that. So I think they're going to end up regretting putting Radovid on the throne because I think Radovid is going to be the undoing of their plans and what they have, like what they want to do going forward. So I'll kick it back over to you, brother. Yeah, I was just going to say, as long as he doesn't kill himself. <laughs> but yeah, great point. Excellent point, Jay Nelly. So uh, now, at this point, now we have Triss, Yen, and the other mages are reminiscing on everything that's happened. This is where they say it. In the last week? <laughs> like, one week and all this shit is going on? Like, you're telling me the castle, like, fucking collapsed a, weeks ag- a week ago? <laughs> like, I don't know. Whatever, man. So, and then Yen tells the group that they have to eliminate Vilgaforce themselves, and the old guard is gone. And then we're back over to where Geralt is, and we see Dara. We haven't seen Dara in a long time. And he encounters Yaxir, and Dara tells Yaxir that his family agreed to help Amir, so he ran, and he's tired of running. And he tells Geralt, Dara does, if you see Ciri again, tell her I forgive her, and tell her I'm sorry. So full circle moment there and then Geralt is drinking a potion again so we see he's coming back into form and he's training with you know with all these like things different I guess they were like elf people in the forest but cutting things down and then we see uh, Vilgaforce we're back over to him and he stands next to Amir and we see we haven't seen him since last episode and half his face is just burned off looks nasty 
my prediction that's what Moff Gideon is going to look like. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, half his face is like burn off. And Cirilla enters the hall and they're all chanting for Princess Cirilla. And what was cool saying, too, Long live and sorry to interrupt you on this part, was when she was walking through. And I, yeah, I'm not going to give it away now, but people were whispering along the way, oh, yeah, that's her. Yeah. She's bad. Like, so I, that's all I'm going to say there. It was very interesting uh, how this buildup was, and, and I'll go ahead and kick it back to you. Yeah, man, and we've been hearing all this time that Siri's been taken to Nilfgaard, and it turns the camera, and it's Taryn who had memories and thought she was Siri. So, wow, what a wild turn of events. I didn't see that coming. What do you think? I kind of saw it coming a little bit because we never saw what happened afterwards with Taryn when she was left to Geralt's friend there to tend to her on top of that like usually when things look like it's going to go in a certain way they're going to go in the opposite direction and and when they were all like oh yeah it's her it's her I'm like oh nope I know exactly who it is and, and it only really solidified my thought process on it because of who was standing next to Amir it was Bilgefortz who was the one to probably give uh, Amir the idea like hey we got this girl. It looks like Cirilla. I implanted some memories in her. We can pass her off so that way we can get the continent rallied to our side. She thinks she's Cirilla already. She has a decent resemblance to her. Let's use her. And Amir's probably like, yeah, you know what? Vilgefort, it's a good fucking idea. We've been trying to get the actual Cirilla. Well, you, really, it's just the mentality and the, the morale is going to go down throughout the rest of the continent. They just think that we have her. So we're going to do our best we can to make her look just like her, to have her speak the words that she would say, to use those memories that we implanted in her, and she's going to be the Cirilla, and people are going to just accept it because they don't. most people don't know what she looks like at this point. So really, I was expecting it. I wasn't surprised. It's just uh, that was one of the few things I enjoyed that the writers took advantage of was the fact that Vilgefortz created Terran. Not even created Terran, but they created Terran's illusion of Cirilla as her like likeness and, and memories and things of that nature and, and now they're utilizing that as a weapon so that way once it spreads across a continent that Cirilla return most people are probably going to either not want to fight Nilfgaard or go over to Nilfgaard's side and that that's what I thought about it yeah that's a great point and what's interesting is to think like say this does go another season right or farther from there he can really be looking for actual Siri at the same time where they're distracted thinking Terran's Siri. So it was awesome. I, I really like this part, how they did bring that in, because I thought they had just left this in the distance, like the race of Morag. <laughs> We're bringing this off later, so good stuff. Um, so now with the real Siri, Cirilla, uh, she's tied up and captured, and I just put like an inn. Is that what it was, like a bar or something? She's like tied up and captured by those bandits or something. Is that what they were? Yeah, they remind me of the old scavengers and the Deathly Hallows of Harry Potter. You know, <laughs> fucking people <laughs> over there just rounding up some loot, dude. Because they, she wasn't the only one, and I, I know you're about to get into it, so I'll let you get after it. Yeah, and she keeps hearing these weird voices too. I caught that said like spokes on a wheel, which interesting. I don't know if that's going to play a role later on, but as this man is like across from her tries to get her attention by like tossing her a knife and having her toss him a knife to escape um the boy has siri slide him over the knife and he slides it back and um then they cut themselves loose and this big brawl breaks out 
when like one of the people like one of the bandits like jump over there and like hit him in the face and then this elf comes in and jumps through the window and just begins like cutting people down everywhere just out of nowhere and uh then after like this big massive fight a woman hands siri a sword with this bandit that's there and like wants her to like prove her strength or something like do you have any idea why she wanted her to do this yeah, I think uh, it was her giving Siri the opportunity for revenge for being captured by this guy. And I think she sensed that Siri had some sort of power. And so she wanted to see because really how this whole thing started was Cirilla telling the bandits out loud that she's hungry. And so the guy came over and tried to like shove something in her mouth and she kept her teeth closed. But then she bit him. And in the whole fray, she was able to somehow get one of the small knives loose and put her foot on it and they walked away and then she slid it over to him and that's when the guy got mouthy and the dude came over and hit him and then the guy who captured the guy the other that boy who got mouthy was getting in that guy's face hey don't touch him that's my property that's my loot he's my slave like i i can capture him and they get each other's faces and so they start brawling and then like you said you know i think kaylee was the name i think it was kaylee they they get that her and some of her uh unit comes in and really makes it known that they're the head bosses in charge They take out pretty much everybody except the one bandit that captured Cirilla and was you know the head of the bandits that captured Cirilla not the head of the bandits that captured the other guy but uh, the head of the bandits that captured Cirilla and so she cuts Cirilla free and says all right well you get one-on-one with your captor and gives them both a sword and I'll let you take it from there yeah man and so then at this point so yeah, she hands Cirilla the sword and, you know, has her take the bandit on one-on-one, the same bandit that punched that boy. And I counted, Cirilla cuts him six times and then stabs him through the throat. She's become a badass. Like, wow, like, it just shows how much she's grown. Like, she literally, she even mentioned at one point, like, she's toying with you. She toyed with the guy. It was literally Vilgefortz to Geralt. Like, that's what was going on. But, of course, on a much, you know, freshman level, <laughs> I would say. So, uh, th- that's over. And then, um, the, at this point, we have a Nilfgaard soldier that will not let Geralt and Yaxir pass. And we're back with Geralt. And they're trying to go on this, like, pathway to cross this bridge. Because they don't have papers, he won't let them pass. And then Geralt hands the guard the gold hilt i'll let you take this part because i know you're, you're big on this part so i'll let you take it yeah i appreciate that man yeah he gives the guard the talisman that he we would mention a few times that was originally renfries as part of her weapon and he hands it to the guard and yaskier say hey no like don't don't give him that we can figure this out but to me what that signified to me is Geralt was letting go of the past like all that, what that that reminder that he's had of who he was before changing and, and becoming more of a human with emotions and really uh, embracing hu- the humanity side of life and not just being a reckless monster killer. He was letting go of that guilt, of all that stuff that he held. And he said, you know what? No, we're starting fresh here. And I thought that was a great symbolism of that. And so when he hands it to him, really kind of like made me feel good about 
I thought that was something strong that the writers added to that is the signification of he's moving past his limitations that may have held him back. And I think mentally that's going to help him for shit to come. And that's all I'll say. I'll, I'll let you get into the, the dispute uh, after that. But yeah, I just want to talk about that talisman aspect real quick and, and the signification of letting it go. And I'll go ahead and turn it back to you. Excellent point. So then we hear Yen's voice, and she's like writing this letter to Geralt. And she says, Dear friend, you once told me of a dream where you were wandering through boundless fields towards an obelisk carved with names of the dead. A woman with cold blue eyes was following you. You knew her because she had uh, dogged your every footstep. Dodged your every footstep. Why? You asked her, was it because you were meant to end up alone? Was it because she wanted a witcher who needed no one to finally be afraid? You told her the truth. You'd always been afraid until now, which means she'd also taken the fear. You and I, we know what it means to need to love, to lose it all, neutrality, be names we are no longer afraid. Uh, and then Geralt goes back to the guard to say, can you explain this part for me? Like, I guess, like, he wouldn't let a girl and her family pass and they were just, like, taking her, like, prisoner or something. Is that what was going on that caused him to turn back around? Yeah, so he was charging people a fee to go through and continue on whatever path they were. And the people before Geralt paid that fee, because the guy even said something nasty, like, either you pay it or I'll take your wife around the corner and she can... You know, I don't want to get nasty with it, but basically pay the fee for you in a different way. And Mm -hmm. they pay it, and they get on their way, and Geralt gives the talisman, he pays, he gets on their way. Well, these the family behind him wasn't able to pay, wasn't able to you know give them what they needed or what they wanted to allow them to pass, and so they shoved him back and even took the girl's toy, little like stuffed toy, and pushed him back and didn't give them passage. And that's when Geralt turned back around. And this was fucking badass. Geralt at his at his top again. He's definitely come back. That potion worked well, man. That potion worked. Fucking it wasn't even well. just the potion. Yennefer with her healing powers, you know, they, that really kind of brought him back when she visited him in in Brooklyn, and you know, he told her that Amir was going to pay. She he really was able to get some level of healing out of what she was able to do, and she's a super powerful mage. I'm not wildly surprised, but it wasn't supposed to be that effective and then on top of that the potion you mentioned that he made that was similar to Vesemir's but with some little different ingredients well now we got a very uh, uh, memorable or very familiar Geralt and I'll let you continue on brother <laughs> and it was fucking badass man he had a hammer at first so he didn't even have his sword on him and he attacks the guard that had stopped him and then of course all the men rush at him and I counted, he attacked and killed 20 men with the hammer. And then at the end, when Yaxir tosses him his sword, he killed three more. And then three men at the very end, after he's taken out literally 20 people, come charging at them. Melva takes all three out with archery, just like fucking Legolas in Lord of the Rings, man. It was fucking sick. It was badass. And then Geralt picks up the original guard that attacked him and said, You tell that fuck Amir that no matter his walls, 
no matter his armies, I will free Siri. And then Yen says in her like letter, in her voice, she says, I know in my heart, Geralt, you will find Siri, and I will make sure there is a safe world for her to return to. And if we must face the cold blue eyes of death, we will. But we will be the last to fall. Of that, I am sure. All of my love, Yennefer. And the gold hilt of Rimfrey. I'll let you take this part. I know you're big on this one. Yeah, they start walking off to continue on their path to go find Ciri. And the camera pans out to that gold talisman of Renfrey. Even though they took out all the guards and he could have taken that back. And that that was something that was important to him throughout the entire series. He left it there. And I love that. Beautiful shit. Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. So, even though it should have ended there, we go back over to Siri. <laughs> back to Cirilla. And uh, the group at the end asks Siri her name. And she says, call me Falca. And it ends weird stuff (laughs) weird stuff man we got a little weird but yeah what are your takeaways for this episode jay nelly my takeaways are it was it was better than episode seven I'll, i'll say that we weren't in a desert for the whole show which was great but i will say there are some things that i didn't love the fact that we went to brooklyn with the full purpose to get healed and all of their best medical staff whatever you want to call them who create these waters that are supposed to heal you but apparently they're ineffective on mutants they can't do anything so what was the point of going back to Brooklyn except for Milva who's now part of their you know envoy and I guess that was the point is to bring Milva in and maybe let her get some retribution for shit later on down the road I guess that's the way to do it but the fact is is that they brought Geralt there to be healed and it really, he didn't get healed at all until Yennefer came back and visited him and did her magic on him herself and allowed him to be healed. So for me, almost like a little bit of a cop out, like, dude, you're just going to have his girlfriend come back for 10 seconds. And how the hell did she get there? Where did she arrive from? We saw Yaskier, but he didn't see his travels there. But like, you know, she just kind of appeared right where she was supposed to be. I don't know, dude. It was just fucking, I guess if you want to call it the fact that she's able to use portals, maybe. But show us the portal. Like, show us something. Don't have Garrett open his eyes and Yennefer's just above him. I don't know, dude. thought that was weird. Then, on top of that, I will say I did really enjoy the whole spin of them using Terran as Cirilla. Vilgefortz being there with his face half-melted with a blue stone as an eye. Look kind of creepy. Some <laughs> some good shit for Halloween coming up here. Um, yeah, so that was cool. There were some really cool parts of it. The fact that Siri is on her way to becoming the badass we know that she could be, toying with these scavengers, this grown man who probably has killed or been responsible for the death of multiple people. She acts like that guy's a child who should not be holding a weapon. Just treated him like a, a bad boy who is going to spank him. You know? So I, I thought that was kind of cool. So we got to see her progression a little bit, but we also don't really know what's going on inside her. Was she possessed? Is she actually you know, 
some sort of possession style or just was she just trying to protect her name because she knows that she can't use her real name you know that probably has something to do with it but she was very quiet and inside her own head a lot so you're really not really sure what's going on with with Cirilla you know it, there's just a lot of ambiguity here and now we've got Radovid is the king over in Redania that was super predictable not very shocking I th- I, again I do think that might come to back to bite them in the ass to say a killing herself out of the clear blue sky made zero sense. I don't think that helps out the series <laughs> at all. I think you take away a really strong character. And the uh, the possibility for her to get back at Vilgefortz for destroying her in that way and, and taking down Eratusa, like that could have been a huge... Even if she isn't successful, her dying in the attempt to take him out and weakening him so someone else could kill him, that's a beautiful way to, to do it. But no, to end your own life after talking about how we can just be a flower and die that shouldn't like the 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 note didn't even make any sense what do you mean like sometimes the best thing we do is be a flower (laughs) and die what (laughs) what the fuck does that mean that means absolutely nothing that was stupid writing i hated that that whole thing of her just dying was very silly so some really good parts of the show things i did enjoy things i can see where they're going and tracking towards for the future if there's a future but also some things that were super weak, very lazily done, and also just flat out unintelligent. Taking Tissaia out of the mix like that makes no sense at all. Zero impact to her death. And we had this complaint over and over again in the show. Like when we talked about when Gallatin just gets stabbed in the neck out of nowhere. Zero impact. Die. Okay, like he's gone. You know, just multiple times we've seen these deaths that do don't stir any sort of emotion in me at all i'm just like okay that was weird like oh i guess it i didn't see it coming right there but just because i didn't see it coming doesn't make it a cool twist that just you know make it a cool twist by super convoluted or something impactful or important that they did first so i i just there's some things i had issues with and just being able to transport we, we just spent an hour in the desert but then yennefer appears in brocklin like she just took two steps and they're bordered to each other there so i i don't know man there's there's a lot i didn't like there's things i did like i don't want to fully trash it because i did enjoy it more than last episode i will say that so i gave last episode i believe a 7.1 i'll, I'll give this one a 7.6 out of 10 that that's where i'll leave this one at what about you what are your takeaways and what is your grading scale on a 1 to 10 for this episode this is very complicated. <laughs> what I'll say about complicated is I've never had something where it's like me on my takeaways. It's such a sloppy fucking mess. <laughs> That's like there's parts I really liked. And then if you ever seen the movie Step Brothers, quote from Will Ferrell, what the fuck happened? <laughs> like, what the fuck were you thinking? Um let's start from the top i guess um i it, what i'll say i enjoyed the creativity part of the twist and turns i thought the creativity of trying to bring everything full circle with Taryn and the and that was like kind of the twist there with Cirilla and they were always going after Cirilla but you knew she was going to Nilfgaard 
and then you had Vilgefort show up with the mirror, and you had Francesca and Frangilla, and everything kind of came full circle there. I thought it was very creative, so I give them props on that and give them points on that, but it was very sloppily done. I guess it was almost like they were banking on what's weird, too, is it's like they wrote this episode banking on keeping Henry Cavill, even though they knew they weren't, which was really strange. Because if they knew they were, like, say, say I knew in my mind, if I thought in my mind they were keeping him, I'd be like, okay, well, they can fix some things, but that's a really cool way to kind of leave off with Renfri and the hilt and the medallion and kind of going full circle in that moment there. Like, I really appreciated that, and that was a really deep aspect you brought into it that you mentioned, and that was really great. But then same thing, like the, you know, he spent two days in the forest, felt like two weeks, and we got introduced to Melva. We never really learn of her at all. It's like she didn't do anything. And then Yen just teleports over there all the way from the, not to mention they were in the fucking castle earlier in the episode, like (laughs) doing funerals. And then Tissaia gets no fucking revenge at all. What the fuck was this? Who the fuck decided that she should just kill herself? Like, if anything, have her more regress like I was talking about, like, to the more cold Tissaia we knew of. Not write a letter and off yourself after you're bitching at Yennefer for half the time. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> like, get, like you said, get over your fucking self, and you're just gonna kill yourself on the floor? That's not Tissaia. Like, that makes no fucking sense. Like, clearly you don't know the character you fucking wrote. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Do you think Minerva McGonagall would, or Snape would just fucking slit their wrist on the floor? No. Snape took that shit to the head. Took it all the way over to fucking uh, Voldemort and played the bad guy. McGonagall tried to save the fucking castle. To say it would never do that shit. <laughs> That's fucking bullshit. So someone clearly doesn't know the character. And then... Now at the end, we have Cirilla that's being taken by bandits, which Falca is, I guess we're trying to bring her in more, but now maybe the idea, here's another perspective, maybe like she thinks she is Falca and they like merge together, or we've already seen her possessed before, or maybe we're bringing Falca in again, I don't know, it was a fucking mess. Why in the fuck too, like I like the whole full circle with Renfrey. Why the fuck do you have Geralt give a speech on how nothing's going to stop him? Within the back of your mind, I know the director is like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to say this. And and then in the back of his mind, he's like, well, this is really sad because we know we'll never see him again. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Get the, wow, get the audience pumped up just to take a giant dump on them <laughs> that's exactly what you're doing what the? so yeah like i don't know overall it was a fucking sloppy mess like i said i liked it better like you said i like the i like it better than the last episode only because the creativity and full circle moments i did like that radovid took over uh, w- even though it's predictable like you were saying you called that shit props to jay nelly but I thought it was creative, you know, because it kind of makes a big turn for both sides. Like, I feel like if you're going to do a death, 
Like, that was the death that was supposed to be meant to be. Like, that was good. Don't go throw fucking Taseya in there just because you felt like throwing some extra bigger shit in there. Like, Gallant just decided to get his throat cut for no fucking reason. And then we got Francesca and Frangilla, you know, spilling the beans over here. <laughs> like, it's like causing a Dude, clusterfuck. Don't even forget about Phil Evangel just blowing up out of the clear blue sky. Like, <laughs> where the heck? <laughs> I forgot about that already because how meaningless his death was. Yeah, no respect, dude. Literally explodes into a million pieces. We have girls that are kidnapped getting funerals, and this dude was a king, and they didn't give a fuck about him. Francesca was sad in the castle, and then he got no respect. No one said two words since he exploded to a million pieces. And a great point, we were talking the other day, where the fuck is Kahir? Like, we haven't seen him in two episodes. We're just like, fuck you, Kahir. We don't know what happened with that and the Squirtle. Like, I don't know, man. It was a fucking mess. It was a fucking nightmare. I liked it better than the last episode, but damn. For this to, the season to end this way, and for a guy that we think we probably won't get back, what a fucking disappointment this was. Holy shit. It, I don't know. I don't know. I'm giving it seven flat. Seven flat. <laughs> I can't go any better than that because everything I got excited for, like they shot themselves not in the foot, but you took a bullet to the head. Like you literally, one of your main characters, it's not like you're put in a corner where you had to kill somebody off. You killed off fucking... Vesemir, <laughs> fucking in there. You fucking killed him off at the end, but yet you wanted to kill off someone extra, so you had them kill themselves. Like there was no scene at all going. On. There was no battle scene. She literally decided to do that. I don't know. Seven flat. What are your debates today? This, this episode is pathetic, and the writers are pathetic. <laughs> That's my thoughts. What's wild to me though is he gave last episode a seven one. Or I gave it a seven one. You gave it a seven something. Five. You gave it a seven five. But you just said, but you just said you liked it better than the last episode, but you ranked it lower. So that's weirdly confusing. I'll say that. I can explain. I can explain. And the reason why is from a critic perspective, I liked it better because of the twists and turns. But it was such a sloppy written mess. At least the last one that was boring as fuck wasn't a written sloppy mess. And made sense what they were doing. If you look from an outside perspective. I can't explain the Tissaia shit. I can't explain why they randomly decided that, just an example, that uh, we had to teleport across to a castle and back within one day. I can't explain that Yennefer decided to heal Geralt. I can't explain these things. These are just things they decided to pull out their ass. Just like Rey's lightsaber and Rise of Skywalker. They pulled it out their ass and wrote it in. Like, what the fuck? Hint for what's coming next. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what's your debates for the day? Real quick before I jump into that, there's one more thing I wanted to talk about. Because you asked me earlier. Well, you didn't ask me. You were talking about how Geralt looked like he was on death's doorstep. And I mentioned something along the lines of, well, you know, did I think he was going to die? I would have made sense. And this is what I mean by that. Guys, we obviously are at the end of season three. We've talked about it the entirety of season three that 
Henry Cavill is not re-signing with The Witcher. The original plan was to have Liam Hemsworth take over Geralt's role. And then there are reports that it has halted production and there's no timetable for when it, if or when it will be back. My thought process was, why don't we just pull a reverse Terran? Right? It's been perfect. Geralt dies. We pull in another Witcher that we can get to look very similar to Geralt. Call him Geralt. Only the few people who know Geralt very closely will know that it's not actually him. But the rest of the world doesn't need to know that. Just the same exact thing with what they're trying to do with Terran and Cirilla. Anyone who knows Cirilla closely knows that Terran's not Cirilla. But they got the whole continent convinced that it is. So why don't we do that in revert? That dude... Hire me, guys. I got you. I got y'all's back. Like, you know, you, you, you want to hire a writer. Your boy right here can help you out. All I'm saying is all you had to do was have Henry Cavill as Geralt die, bring another Witcher in, make it look just like him, and just call him Geralt and make it seem as if the White Wolf still lives. And he just takes on that persona, and he becomes the new Geralt that everyone still believes is the real Geralt outside of the ones that are closest to him. They know the truth. That's all you got to do. Now you got a series back on your hands. But no, you wanted him to survive. So what's going to end up happening is if this fucking show goes on, we're going to wake up in second season four, and we're just going to have a new Geralt walking down the fucking grass or in the trees. Sweet, dude. Fucking sick. Anyways, uh, do you want to say anything to that before we get into our debates today? No, I think that's a. I, what I'll say on that is that's actually fucking perfect. Even think about it with the full circle of like Rimfrey and how you said he's leaving his past behind. What if this new girl, after you have that done, like, say you have that done right before he dies, like, he doesn't recover, right? Like, he can't. Well, then you have this new girl that's more, because it's Liam Hemsworth, and he's going to look younger. He's more like a regressed girl, like, almost like the back of the way he was. So then you're going to have to bring in kind of like the other witchers that knew the other girl before, and like Yennefer, and see, and maybe Cirilla, and it focused more on her, but kind of brings him back even though like maybe he has those other memories like Taryn but brings him back more to the girl that we know so it would have been like perfect it would have been fucking great really because I think honestly that's the only way people could kind of get on board with it because you would always remember in the back of your mind that this show had another witcher like you would remember like oh wow like remember Geralt like for Geralt even though this is like a new Geralt and I feel like people could get on board with that because they're like, wow, we want this Geralt, this Liam Hensworth, to get revenge because we know it's like a new Geralt and see if he can get revenge for the old Geralt and maybe he has like more experience in a way or maybe he's more like kind of like Haywire, right? Like how Geralt was in the beginning with like Rimfrey and can't really be as controlled. Like that would be fucking awesome and it like builds for like seasons. But yeah, man, that's one of the questions I have for you before the debates, like we were talking about this, what the fuck he's walking across the bridge and all of a sudden his face changes. Like what's their thought on that? Yeah, dude, I don't know. We just laid off a great scenario for the transition to go super well. And they, we didn't get that. So I don't know. Maybe in the back, maybe they know something we don't. Maybe they have hopes that they are going to get a, a re-sign from Henry Cavill somehow. We're going to do some 11th hour magic and we're going to get him back. Or they're going to throw this show to shit. 
And we're just gonna just try to fucking like make some things happen out of nowhere. It's like what we were just talking about. You're walking down that that foresty bridge path, and we open up in season four, and it's a different face. I've got no idea. It makes no sense to me. You know, like I said, I think we we laid out a good plan to how we could have made it work. Because at the end of the day, Amir has no idea what Geralt looks like. Vilgefortz has one eye, so I'm doubtful he can see the difference now. Like, you know what I mean? So the bad guys that they've got to go after, like, that it wouldn't it wouldn't be much of a... They would think that's actually Geralt. You know, I guess the other ones are still in the background being Wraiths of Morag and Volothmir. They, they know Geralt as that Witcher, you know, and maybe that, if they're trying to make those the main bad guys of the overarching theme of the series instead of like seasonal bad guys like the series bad guy and you know i can see how that might cause an issue but you know at the end of the day we don't really know much about that either because you're just throwing shit in and out we got the wraiths of morog for 10 minutes not even three minutes on screen three minutes on screen and never and then Geralt used some push magic and that made them go away and took one of their hands off I don't fucking know, dude. It was weird shit, man. And then we're just introducing Felka out of nowhere. We haven't heard from Volithmir, even though she like jumped into the Wraith of Morag's eye. We have not heard her name, really, like all season. So, dude, I, I just... To answer your question, dude, I don't know. I, I guess that's what we're going to have to deal with is just, you know, coming up and season four opens on screen and we've got Liam Hemsworth face on Geralt and we're just supposed to accept it. I don't know. Uh, debates today. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, no, I think I'm going to turn it over to you because I just kind of had a long-winded answer there. I, I want you to kind of kick us off the debate and then I'll close out with my debate because I think it's a it's a good one to really to end this se- this season of uh, The Witcher and potentially the series if we're really being honest. We've got no idea what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what the fuck's going on with this shit. That's my big debate today. So... It's a two-parter. Big debate is, first part is, say if Henry Cavill stayed. With the sloppiness we've seen, <clears throat> with how sloppy this season has been, do you think it could recover next season if they kept Henry Cavill and they would be back to how... Remember in the beginning of the season, first two episodes were fucking bangers. Like, they were on top of it. And, I mean, even that episode six was fucking awesome, man. So, if they kept Henry Cavill with the twists and turns they made, would we look back, say if that was the overall plan, would we look back and say, wow, that was really creative, and it would be back to top notch again? Could they get back there? Or do you think it's already such a mess, there's no way they could? second part of that is say Liam Hemsworth takes over what's the plan how do you introduce him next season is he just literally just gonna walk in as like walking across that bridge I'm Geralt is there any recovery from this to get the Witcher back to where it was at the top of its game at the end of season two Let's go with the first part of that debate first. You asked me if I think if they're able to come to terms with Henry Cavill, if they're going to be able to right the ship and get it back on track to where it was before this whole contract dispute ever became a thing. I think they can. 
if they make the concession to stick to the source material and let Henry Cavill really help guide them in that direction. I think it's very easy to fix a few things that maybe don't make sense right now. I think there's ways to... Because at the end of the day, if we were going to compare this as like the Netflix's answer to Game of Thrones, we could somewhat safely assume they were targeting 10 seasons. Right around 10 seasons. Maybe 8. We're on season 3. You can write the ship this early. You can do it. You know? Mm-hmm. I just I think if they made the concessions and decided that we're going to stick to how things were in the beginning and why it was so successful and you know we'll we'll make it work, they could do it. Now to answer the second part. <sighs> And ask and you ask me how they're going to introduce Liam Hemsworth and where that's going to go. They're probably just going to do a Dario Naharis and just be like, "Yo, here, <laughs> here he is, guys. This is this is your boy Geralt. We're going to try to pretend this is who he was all time." Because that that was another one. Like, yeah, it wasn't a main character, but it's definitely a main support character. And their image was wildly different. <laughs> you saw like yeah. the original Dario Naharis very much almost look like Achilles from Troy you know very the clean shaven face like built tall long hair and then the 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 new <laughs> Darren Harris just look completely different shaggy hair that's shorter a beard there small wiry frame fast and quick but not strong and powerful and you couldn't really get two different actors to to play that role they were they were just so different from each other physically but at the end of the day people kind of just was like all right and it didn't really impact it that much the difference here is this is the actual main character and so it will impact it no matter what because people are only always going to compare what it was to where it went where during harris it was just a couple episodes in season three you didn't really draw a huge connection to him and then season four it opened up with a new one so it wasn't so much like you didn't follow him along and get a an idea of who he was as a character so the change while it was noticeable wasn't that impactful this is a little bit different this is your main character this is the guy that we know who's lived sweat dreamt and bled the witcher since he was casted on as Geralt of Rivia so to replicate that performance with somebody else is going to be impossible no matter who it is but to do it with Liam Hemsworth and their like I said, their body types and their physical appearances are wildly different too. So we're just gonna have to, like I said, I think I guess they're just gonna do a Darren House style and just hope it works. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know. What What are your thoughts? I think obviously Geralt got a lot weaker after he was injured. <laughs> he took a he took a ride on the Slim Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think. I think you're fucked. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, to answer the first part of the debate here is if Henry Cavill stayed on, I think, yes, this season was sloppy as shit. Don't get me wrong. But with some of the creativity and some of the banger couple episodes they had, I would still pass it with a C. I would still pass it with, like, a passing grade. Like, you could... I even think the Tissaia thing. 
you could turn that around later on and be like, hey, well, she had to kill herself for this reason that we never found out about. Like, you could pull some fucking twists like that if you wanted to. Um, but the way they set this up, where he's just, like, walking across that bridge, leaving his past behind, it's one thing if your character persona has changed, but your physical appearance when you're walking with Yaks here... We're just going to accept this is the guy? I don't think it can work. I think it's fucked from the get-go. We've never seen a show in history ever change the actual main character. Um, actually, a lot of people don't know this. The Harry Potter movies, right, with uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Cliff, Rupert Grunt, and Emma Watson. Emma Watson, after Prisoner of Azkaban, was thinking about not doing the movies anymore. They basically got on their fucking knees to make sure she came back. Because you know why? Because even though, yeah, they're different than the books, those were wildly successful, and if Emma Watson was a different fucking person, I highly doubt the other ones would be. <laughs> That's all I'll sit here and say. You can't replace someone like that. And you know the directors knew what they had to do, whether they would fuck up the writing or not. They were highly successful because they kept those motherfuckers there. And that's what they need to do here. Do whatever you can to try to keep the guy in there. Because I really feel bad for Liam Hensworth. Because no matter what he does, you're walking into a brick wall here. You can't walk in in season four as the main guy and just expect people to accept your who he is with no sort of writing twist that explains that and they shot themselves in the head here all during the season because they never tried to ever even you know enunciate to that or give any sort of explanation to prepare themselves and the season got very fucking sloppy as it kept going on. And uh, to the point, it's almost like... It almost seems like the writers don't even give a shit in a way. It's like they're putting these twists and turns in there to keep people hooked. But they're really just focused on kind of like the here and now and whatever creative ideas they can come up with. So I don't personally think it has a chance at being successful anymore unless they can bring him back i i think it's just too overshadowed with that big of a role to make it as successful as it was in the beginning even if you focus more on yen and cirilla i just don't see it happening what's your debates for the day yeah i mean i just to touch on what you said there i, I don't disagree with a lot it's gonna be very hard but my debate is I, I just kind of want to ask this generically. Does the show come back? <laughs> do we get a season four? Do we get a, a conclusion to the series? Or do we think they just scrap it? Because as of right now, we don't have a release date. We don't have a film or production date. We've got no idea uh, anything about season four. And, you know, we, we can easily chalk that up to the whole writing and actor strike that has been going on, that most of it's been resolved, not all of it. But. You know, now that that's over with, you would assume we could probably expect some sort of news on season four of The Witcher coming. Do you even think, let's say the Henry Cavill thing's a no-go, they're not going to come to the table and they're not going to get into contract negotiations? 
do we get a season four in conclusion to the series, or is this shit over with? I think, to answer your question, I think they're so damn arrogant (laughs) that I think it will come back, and I think it's going to crash and burn. Because if we would have had it, I think, now, it's been paused indefinitely. So maybe with all this stuff going on in Hollywood that people know right now, maybe the director and directors on his hands and knees trying to get our boy back, which I really hope so, because I think that's your only chance. And Jay Nelly said it best. I think accountability goes a long way. And if you can do that, you're right back in it, man. You know, people have taken strikes before there's no reason you can't hit a home run and get back in the game at that point but i think they're so damn arrogant i don't think they're going to do that i don't think he's gotten any calls because i think they're so arrogant i think they're sold on this liam hensworth thing he's gonna walk across the bridge and we're just gonna start saying gerald (laughs) and i think everyone's gonna say what the fucking fuck (laughs) i mean we already saw it in the trailer when season three was dropped everyone kept saying in the comments they were just like the final season (laughs) the final season because it's almost laughable how do you continue the exact storyline you put in place and we're just gonna assume this guy is Geralt it's almost disrespectful for Henry Cavill honestly because you know, he's supposed to get revenge against Vilgavorce after this whole speech you wrote in there. Otherwise, cut the fucking speech out, and we're just going to give it to another guy? Like, guy, even worse, like, if you're going to actually get rid of him, why not make him win <laughs> this battle? Make this be the fight of his life that he won, right? Send him off on the, on the, you know, send him riding into the sunset, Even worse, like, they disrespected the fuck out of him. They're like, no, instead, your final ride is you're going to get your ass kicked, and then we're going to let the other guy finish it for you and take the credit. That's what we think we're going to do. Like, how fucking disrespectful. Fuck you guys. That's my thoughts on that. So, I think, like you were saying before, credits to Jane Nelly, accountability goes a long way. If they could be on their hands and knees right now, Uh, I think they'd be right back in the game. And, you know, people have taken strikes before, but you can hit a home run and be right in it. You know, you can take some sacks, but you can score a touchdown. Get right back in the game. Um, But I don't think it's going to happen because I think they're arrogant. Mm, The ship's not just going to sink. It's going to explode on the way down. (laughs) It's very sad to see. What's your thoughts? It's tough. You know, do I think it's going to fold entirely. Do I think they're even going to come back for a season four? It's hard to say. I, I would think on the board meetings that they have to go over new ideas and implementations, they take critic and audience ratings somewhat into account of how it was received. And you see how it's received publicly. Not well. Season three was not received well and for good reason. Now, you're going to go even a step further. You're going to remove this guy. You didn't remove him in a, in a graceful way at all. Like you said, he could have had a really cool battle where 
maybe it was a double death. Maybe both him and Vilgoforce killed each other, and you know it looked really, really sick. But no, you you've made him go out in a battle that he got embarrassed in, essentially, and we go through him leaving the talisman on the ground. And that was the last we saw of of Henry Cavill as Geralt. That was it, and now we're gonna open up season four, and it's gonna be Liam Hemsworth. I don't know, dude. I just don't. I don't see that being successful. But I do think that they probably are going to try. And I wish that they would not somewhat. somewhat, Some part of me wishes they would not. Obviously, I want to get a resolution to what's going on. I want to see Cirilla, you know, take her place as the Queen of Sintra when she gets done fucking everybody up. You know, obviously, my one hope for this entire franchise is that they get Henry Cavill back before they start production and we can move on from this debacle. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And since that's not the case, I think they have to continue on with the show because they need a resolution to this unless they're just going to quit it midway, which would be a big waste of all of our time and all of their money. So we're probably going to get exactly what we don't want, a, a rough shot put, like, actor change, and we're just going to have to deal with it. And I, I, But I don't think it's going to be receivable. I think it's going to tank, and I don't think it's going to last anywhere near 10 seasons if they do go ahead and make the switch and continue on with the show. Yeah, man, it's a damn it's, you know, it's, it's bittersweet because no, there's nothing sweet. It's just fucking bitter. (laughs) That's exactly what I would say. But, uh, I guess, you know, cheers to the Witcher. I mean, we gave it a fucking hell of a run, man. And maybe there'll be a season four. Maybe there won't, but uh, cheers again to Henry Cavill. I mean, it's been one hell of a ride, especially on this franchise here at Factor Fantasy, our show. Uh, you know, sad to see him go. I wish he would stay, but maybe we have the Warhammer show <laughs> later on. Who knows, man? Uh, so props to Henry, man. You stuck to your big guns. And maybe we'll see you later. <laughs> but uh, it's not a goodbye. It's a see, or, see you later, Henry. And with that, I'll let Jay Nelly close us out, man. Sounds like a plan. So for all of those who are joining us for the very first time today, welcome. We hope you enjoyed what you heard from us and stick around. For those who have been with us from the very beginning, thank you for continuously being the shields that guard the realms of fantasy. If you want to figure out where you can find us online on the social networks, we are on Instagram at official ridiculous Patronus. We're on TikTok at ridiculous Patronus. We have a backup Instagram at fact underscore or underscore fantasy backup tiktok at fact underscore or underscore fantasy facebook fan page chase and josh factor fantasy we have a youtube channel ridiculous patronus we're on twitter rp factor fantasy snapchat rp factor fantasy we do have our own website ridiculouspatronus.blogspot.com so please click like subscribe leave comments leave reviews leave star ratings all of the engagement is super important to us here at the show and in, when it comes to the podcast itself you can find us if you're an Apple user, you can find us on Apple Podcast. If you're an Android user, you can find us on Google Play. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Audible. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Acast, Amazon Music, and our own host site, Podbean. Anywhere you get your podcast, Chase and Josh Factor Fantasy are there. We are out for the day. This has been another ridiculous production. Chase and Josh. Factor Fantasy. Signing, Signing off. off.